0: fresh breast for september 1st 2020 my name is gabe
1: and my name is andrew this is a show about music where we talk about new tunes and big cat grooves
0: i actually really like big cat grooves yeah maybe every week we should just use big cat grooves it's got like a (laughs) good feel to it.
1: Maybe we should change the name of the podcast to Big Cat Grooves. Oh, Big Cat
0: Grooves,
1: our spin-off podcast.
0: Podcat Sure. So, um our theme this week is Panthers. Now, first the somber news um that Chadwick Bozeman passed away on Friday night. Um, Who was the star actor of the movie Black Panther, among many other films, um, and really just had a a large influence as a black actor um, who was a hero to many folks and who battled cancer for many years.
1: Unbeknownst to everyone, as, as he was like starring in films and like being a superhero, which is fucking crazy.
0: Yeah, he filmed, like, The Avengers and Black Panther, anyway.
1: And a bunch of other movies.
0: Yeah, I mean, that Spike Lee film that just came out. Anyway, so respect to him, and this is in part dedicated to his work um, and his life. But also, secondarily, September, Andrew, is the month in which
1: children typically return to school.
0: Um, And where we went to school, Andrew, we had a mascot that was a panther.
1: That's true. In fact, it was a black panther, specifically. Did you know that a black panther is not a different species of panther? So the thing about a black panther is that it's like a just a melanistic variant of like anything of the genus panthera.
0: That's correct. Yeah.
1: I don't know. For some reason, I, in my mind, it was always like, well, there's like leopards and that's one thing. And then there's black panthers and that's one thing. But it's actually just a rare sort of uh, mutation uh, for a leopard or another member of the genus.
0: Yeah, that's correct. They are not a, like, unique species of animal. However, they obviously have a lot of cultural sway and pull the, the superhero in the movie and, of course, the organization, the Black Panthers. Anyway, there's also uh, lots of, because of all this, right, there's lots of good music associated with panthers. Um, and so we're just going to talk about the theme um, to the hit movie, The Pink Panther. Ba-dum, ba-dum. Ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. This is bad audio, huh? Uh, sure is. <laughs> Andrew, what big cat groove did you bring this week?
1: This song is entitled The Panther, and it's by Manu Dibango.
0: This really is a big cat groove. Oh, absolutely.
1: He's a pretty big deal. Emmanuel Njoke Dibango was a saxophonist. Uh, he's from Cameroon. Maybe the biggest African, like, Afrobeat, Afro-jazz, uh genre-spanning saxophonist there is. He played with the uh, Congolese group African Jazz, that was the name of the group, which was sort of a pretty big formative group in, like, the genre of African jazz and Afrobeat. And then, of course, we've mentioned Fela Kuti on the show before for when we talked about Kela Ketla. Um, He also played with Fela Kuti and a ton of other people like Herbie Hancock and Ladysmith Black Mambazo and uh, all kinds of people.
0: Yeah, he's something of a giant in particularly the African jazz world, which has so many branches of influence into... Like contemporary music still
1: absolutely, and especially this is especially true of of Manu because he is um he uh wrote a song in nineteen seventy two that you may not have heard the actual song that he wrote, but I guarantee that you will recognize the uh sort of chorus of it, which is mama say mama sa Mamakosa oh
0: hmm, wow,
1: yeah. So that's from his song, Soul Macosa. Uh Makosa meaning uh, I dance in uh, Duala, which is his native language. And uh, then it was used in uh, a Michael Jackson song, uh, Wanna Be Starting Something. Uh, and also, Rihanna sampled the Michael Jackson song on Don't Stop the Music in 2007. So that all comes from Mano de Bongo. Wow, I didn't know that. And then, of course, just that song in general, Soul Makosa, was a pretty big deal in 1972 and was big on like developing the developing style of of disco music and that kind of thing So I really adore this song. And it's very, I feel like it's very typical of his kind of style. It's obviously like what we'd call Afrobeat. Uh, but what I like about it is that it's, it's not like overly ostentatious. It's just like perfectly deft in, 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 its, in its style. I, I read a quote that described his saxophone playing style as uh, terse and dryly insistent. Hmm. which i uh really think is is true of this as well there's not a lot of like fluff in in all of his sax lines and it's, this song isn't even like super sax forward i mean it's clear that there's a saxophonist who is leading the band but it's not like it's him showing off you know
0: no the entire band plays a important role in this song right there's there's a spotlight on the bass and on the percussion and on the horns. It's only until you get maybe, I don't know, like a minute into the song that you get like the first hint that, oh, this is a saxophone player who is right running the show.
1: And that's the, that's the thing where it's like he's in control of it. He doesn't he doesn't like need to do anything crazy. He's just like riding the wave of the whole song, which is which is what I love about this.
0: There's something about like the quiet confidence of a musician who knows exactly what their style is and has been playing it for years and can just comfortably navigate right? the scene without having to be, I think a good word for it. Yeah, he's not ostentatious. He's just good. <laughs> So the saxophone itself here is pretty interesting to me. It's a pretty unusual tone for a sa- Like, it doesn't sound like a, a classical jazz saxophone, if that makes sense. Like, maybe he's playing with some sort of a mute.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I was actually hoping to defer to you on that because I wasn't sure and I didn't. Uh, read anything about any specific thing but i also felt like it was like you know like what's what's up with that there's something weird about
0: that he's known as a soprano sax player right but this is not a soprano saxophone which is the highest pitch saxophone as he also plays alto right so this is probably some alto saxophone but again really unusual tone sounds like maybe he's got some mute or some cloth stuffed into the bell of the saxophone
1: yeah maybe Or this might just be his saxophone from 1972 that he's still playing, you know?
0: That's also very possible. (laughs) Although I don't know that saxophones age quite in the way, like, string instruments traditionally (laughs) age. No. They
1: just sort of rust. Yeah. Just corrode. Sadly, Manu passed away just this year in March uh, in France of the coronavirus. Uh, so that's very sad. But he left behind, like we said, a massive body of work and a huge amount of influence on all kinds of music from you know the moment he came on the scene to today. Um, and I, I would love to end with this, this quote that is also at the end of the New York Times obituary for him. Sound is a magma. You have to give it a form. It's never the same. In music, there is neither past nor future, only the present. I must compose the music of my time, not yesterday's music. something a little unexpected i think from you this week for for the theme
0: now is it unexpected only because it's in the french language
1: yes that's what i was talking about well
0: that's true i brought a song entirely sung in french uh, but not from france from canada hmm. and i'm going to attempt to pronounce it with the proper french pronunciation however I'm sure Andrew will tease me mercilessly after I do that. So, this is La Nuit est une panthère from Les Louanges off the album of the same title. <laughs>
1: That wasn't terrible. La nuit est une panthère.
0: How am I supposed to know which letters are supposed to be pronounced and which aren't, honestly? I always thought you just dropped the last one, but... Well, no, it's not just the last
1: one. It's ending consonants. I mean, it would be ending consonants together. So normally you drop both the S and the T, but you're alighting it because the next word starts with, with a vowel. So it's et une instead of et une.
0: Oh, interesting. That's actually very logical.
1: It's almost like there's there's some undercurrent under of logic to language, and it's not just nonsense. Well, I did
0: grow up speaking English, which is indeed just nonsense. Fair. So, uh, if you're not familiar with French, the translated title is The Night is a Panther. And the band name, Les Louanges, I think can be translated as The Praises.
1: Okay. I didn't know the word, so...
0: That's what Google Translate says, but uh. so this is um the first full length record from Vincent Roberge from Montreal, um so French Canadian. This album came out in two thousand eighteen when Roberge was eighteen. Jeez. He also released an EP like maybe a year or two before this. This album was then uh, shortlisted for the Polaris Prize, which is awarded to like kind of the best alternative indie record in Canada, and it won the Juno Prize um, for Francophone music.
1: I, I kind of want to get right down to my main question for you, Gabe, which is, are you aware of how horny this song is?
0: I am super aware of how horny this song is. I did translate the lyrics. <laughs> I also listened to the song. Like, You don't need to know anything about French to understand how horny this song is.
1: I mean, that's true. But you could just be like, ah, French people, they're always sexy. But like, this is like, I mean, you can, you can I'll give you the honor of explaining what the song's about.
0: Okay, well, uh, certainly. Um, maybe I'll just read a translation um, that I put through Google Translate, but I think is approximately correct. This is the chorus. A panther in the room, in front of the camera you dance. What wouldn't I do for the chance to earn my passport between your legs?
1: Correct. <laughs> I would say the only change I would make to that, I mean, it is literally my passport. I don't know if that is more meaningful, Something if that <laughs> if that sounds better uh, in French, I guess it does. But the only thing I would say is it's definitely bedroom, specifically, is the implication there.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. La chambre. It is extremely beautiful in the French, I think. It works much, much better in French than it does in English. Unfortunately... Uh Vincent didn't provide us with the English translation of his lyrics.
1: Yeah. It's probably Vassal.
0: Uh, I'm sure it is, but you know, he's whatever. Yeah, well, yeah, fair. Okay. <laughs> of pieces of the song that fit together to make it like like almost like a cliche (laughs) (laughs) Uh, if that makes sense like he's got like the shakers going in the background like the twinkling synths mixed with like the guitar but yeah i mean he's clearly a talented a talented producer and musician um he talks a lot about his major influence being um gorillas and damon alburn which Does not come through a ton on this song, but really does on the rest of the record, which I've listened to in parts. And he did recently just release, I'm not sure what the word he used for it, like an extension, uh, expansion pack, (laughs) (laughs) which is funny. Um, Like an EP that he put out last year. Um, But I expect that we'll be hearing more from this French Canadian producer.
1: Um, I just want to mention, you sent me this, song that you were uh, that said that you were picking it and I was not yet able to listen to it. So I was like, who is this guy? Is this some like, I don't know. It was French. I was like, maybe it's jazz. I don't know. So I opened it up and then I saw him like in an Obey shirt and a bright orange beanie. I was like, okay, it's not, <laughs> it's not going to be jazz. Um. So I looked at his bio, which of course is in French on Spotify, but it says like after like a, a gem of indie rock with, with his first EP, he has this, this new album, La Nuit d'une Panthère. And he describes it as un pop groovy.
0: <laughs> okay, that's fair. I think that, that gets it across actually quite nicely. T'as reçu mes fleurs? J'ai remarqué, on les voit dans le cadre des préféré. C'est vrai qu'ils sont et We had another spectacular week of good music. Um, and Andrew, you brought a song off a highly anticipated album. Yes. Tell us about it.
1: This song is called The Sky Is Falling. And it's off the new album, Things I Never Said by Oceanator. This is the debut full-length album from Oceanator, which uh, is the project of Elise Okusami, who is uh, based in New York, I believe. Um, She's had, I think, two previous EPs, but this is her first, like, big full-length. And something that's super cool about it is that it's self-released on her own brand-new label called Plastic Miracles, which apparently was not the plan, but, Gabe, maybe you're aware of why that became the plan, because her previous two EPs were released by tiny engines.
0: Oh, wow. I did not know that.
1: (laughs) Uh So uh, we've mentioned on the show before tiny engines is the indie label that was completely like screwing over all of their signees to like get more people signed to the label, but not paying the people that were already signed. We talked about this when we talked about Illuminati hotties, uh, where she had to break away from them. But so oceanator, uh, she started this label in the past year, uh, she wanted to apparently before all the Tiny Engine stuff happened, and she really just wanted to do it not to be, not to really like make a label, not even really to self release her own music, but basically just to make enough money to release other people's music who might not otherwise get like a label release, might otherwise just be self releasing on Bandcamp or something. So that's super cool and something that she was able to launch this year, and that <laughs> she's uh, releasing her own music on it because uh, it's not like she. It's gonna release it on Tiny Engines because she won't get paid any money for that.
0: That's a really cool idea Uh, and I think that is like the best ethos for indie labels and indie music. It's not really about making money from the label like if you're like exclusively running a label if that's your job yes you should be paid to do that to some extent but also it's really just about enabling all of these brilliant small artists who might not otherwise be noticed get out into the world and and provide them with the support they need to release their music.
1: Yeah, and I think this whole album is really excellent. All of the singles that came out ahead of time, I was really excited about. It was a close call picking today between uh, The Sky is Falling and Hideaway. Uh, both really good songs, but I ended up going with The Sky is Falling because it just it just fucking rips. I mean, they all fucking rip, but this song is just so good. And it's emblematic of the subject matter of sort of the whole album, which is the apocalypse. Very timely. Yeah, very timely. What she said was like, it's just sort of a theme that's consistent in her writing. It's not like she wrote all these songs in 2020. Um, She said she had like 15 songs she was considering for this record. And then she realized that like most of them were about the apocalypse in one way or another. So it, it made sense to put them all as an album together and it, Turned out that those were also the ones that fit musically together as well. Um, She wasn't really trying to make a concept album, but it sort of becomes a thematic album, at least a little bit.
0: The album as a whole feels very um, cohesive. Yeah. Yeah, I think thematically relevant, but like good albums, I think, should be focused in that way. And most musicians write far more songs than they would put onto a record right You exactly. always are cutting songs and that's not to say those songs won't appear on later albums or, or releases that you make but you should try and focus I think I mean obviously an opinion, but I like albums like this that are focused and this is like yeah, the whole album rips and rocks and I think that's just an indication of some of the care taken to construct the record. Sky's falling down and it shatters on. The rain turns into splintered ice And the clouds that used to look so nice Dissipate The houses start to fall like it's the end of it all oh, They crumble like they more than dust Is there anything like we can trust? We're too late one of my favorite things about this song, Andrew, is the vocal melody.
1: Yes, yes. I'm, I've, I've been trying to figure out how to talk about that, so I would love to hear your thoughts.
0: The first thing I have to say is it sounds familiar, but I already, when I listen to it, I'm not sure if it sounds familiar because I've already listened to the song and it's just super catchy. So am I like reflecting my own experiences back at myself? <laughs>
1: No, I think it is, they're like da-da-da-da-da is like very much like a common sort of gesture. Right. Which is not to say that this is a common or like plagiarism. It's just that it, it becomes catchy because it's uh, an intuitive kind of gesture because of, it's stepwise and it's going like a little up and a little down. But it's also like at the bottom
0: of her vocal range, which is like so austere and dark. So you have this aesthetic of like very dark lyrics and like dark vocal tone mixed with this extremely like earworm hook melody like if you were just to play it on a piano I don't know if that makes sense <laughs> yeah but it's absolutely the centerpiece of the song
1: I've actually just realized I think most of that melody is is pentatonic which is why it's so like sticky in your brain because it's just fitting onto this scale that's very sticky and, and has a has a very distinct sound
0: that makes a lot of sense and also pentatonic scales are a staple of classic rock music which she seems to draw a lot of influence on from the whole album this is like very 90s and grunge and i think she describes it that way too you absolutely hear the influence from some of those seattle area bands when i'm at home and i'm sitting by the Waiting with my hand on the phone So you'll save me from being all alone In this hell But if I say I'm okay, will you ever go away? I'm living my life day to day Not the lead in my own play Can you tell? One thing that surprised me, though, is the like the opening song is like these guitars or this guitar that's like chiming almost, which sounds very much like Beach House, the the dream pop duo, <laughs> which is not at all what the rest of the song or what the rest of the album is like.
1: But I like that. I, I think this is, that's a well cra- a sign of a well crafted album. This like first song is very much an introductory song, and it has the title of the album in it. So you know that it's not like a throwaway song Right It had, Like the second line of, the, of Goodbye Goodnight Which is the first track is The Things I Never Said Which is the name of the album And it sort of acts as an introduction And then you get what was actually the first single A crack in the world In its uh, proper place in the second track Jumping into the album for real now whereas the first song is like a prologue. I like when an album does that, where there's like a prologue and an epilogue. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's like a, a book of sorts.
1: Did you know that albums is books? All right. <laughs> One last thing I want to say about Oceanator. She is great merch. You can buy, I mean, you can buy like the the LP, and you can buy like cassettes, which I also love, obviously. I'll probably buy some cassettes. and you can, Or you can buy what's called the Beach Bundle, which is the LP or the cassette plus a tank top plus a koozie like a beer koozie uh, plus a postcard (laughs) which is just great or you can get the 90s bundle again with either the vinyl or the cassette plus a set of nine temporary tattoos one for each song beautifully designed in like that uh what is it? Is that American traditional style I think is what that's called and a set of pogs so I have a confession to make. Yeah.
0: This coming Friday is another Bandcamp Friday where if you purchase off Bandcamp, the artist gets the full cut. I've been starting to put together like lists of like merch and uh, cassettes and, and, and LPs in particular that I wanted to buy. Mm-hmm. I went on to the Oceanator Bandcamp page and I noticed that there were only like 65 vinyls left, which... um are the limited edition like pressed on pink with like paint splatters on them Mm -hmm. and I decided I didn't want to run the risk of those selling out before next Friday so I did buy the vinyl today
1: oh okay you didn't buy the pogs Uh,
0: well I figured those will be around so I might save that for for, (laughs) well if you want just the
1: pogs they are close to running out but the 90s bundle doesn't seem to have uh, if you get the vinyl with the pogs you should be able to that should be fine Okay. album that I had not heard of and then I listened to it and it was EDM explain
0: well Andrew I know that you love EDM your brother after all is an EDM producer so I figured this would strike really close to home make you feel all warm and fuzzy did I succeed
1: I mean I really like this song I was just surprised when I was listening to the whole album that it was EDM sure is um this
0: is wake up from Kelly Lee Owens and her new record, Inner Song. from Wales. Wow, hails from
1: Wales.
0: That was not intentional, but I went with it as it was (laughs) happening. Um,
1: I mean, mean, I'm glad that you didn't bail. Okay. (laughs) This is the
0: second record from Kelly Lee Owens. She is now based out of London, and she's had kind of uh, a twisty path to becoming a musician she worked for a time as a cancer nurse a nurse for cancer patients in manchester before eventually getting to london where she played bass for uh, a band i'm not familiar with but um it's called the history of apple pie which great band name
1: yeah doesn't seem like it would be a a british band given the name
0: yeah very american name but indie rock nonetheless Um, And then slowly started to work with just, like, a variety of artists and collaborations as she was working up to making her first full-length album, which came out a couple years ago. So she worked with, like, St. Vincent and Bjork, whose influences are very acutely felt on this record. Um, Andrew, I would classify this as EDM, you're correct. Um, What drew me to this record immediately is the opening song. So before I get to the closing song, which is Wake Up, which is the song I brought, the opening song is... Arpeggi.
1: Arpeggi. We're not Romans here. Oh
0: my god, I've been pronouncing that wrong my whole life. Uh, the song is titled Arpeggi, and it is a cover of the second half of the Radiohead song "Weird Fishes Arpeggi," which we had the cover of the first half of that song from Leon Le Havis, uh a few weeks ago. So just completing that song in cover form, um, but she does like an extended like cover meditation on the original song and. This idea of arpeggiators is a common thread throughout the entire album and in particular on this last song. So an arpeggiator is a synthesizer that breaks down a chord into its component notes and then kind of runs up and down that chord. Arpeggiators are a central part of this song Wake Up. She uses one kind of as the foundational beat and, and structure. Of the song, and then in the second half of the song, there is an extremely fast um, arpeggiating sequence that kind of floats in and out of the song, which she describes with symbolism. So, the song as a whole, Andrew, is I think broadly about I don't know existential angst and short termism. Maybe another song about the end of the world to some degree.
1: Yeah. Seems like a common theme lately. In particular,
0: Kelly Lee Owens is concerned about the effect that humans, common society are having on nature. She draws a lot of philosophy and influence from the book Women Who Run With Wolves, which is sort of this like poppy science Jungian philosophy of folklore. I've never read it. Apparently, it was a really big deal in the 90s, hmm. and she describes this song as like struggling with the easy daily distractions of life from kind of the bigger questions that may or may not be at play. And in particular, that arpeggiating synth line as being a symbol of that flittering distraction.
1: say the title of the song again.
0: Wake up. Do I have that wrong?
1: Well, I don't know that I agree with it because it's hyphenated. To me, it seems like wake up, like a noun. It's a wake up.
0: I think that's fair. Yeah, it's absolutely uh, a reasonable interpretation. But it also feels like a command. Wake up.
1: Oh, certainly. And I definitely feel that way about when she repeats the phrase wake up over and over for like the second the last third of the song. But it was just it's just interesting to me that she hyphenated it in the title.
0: You could definitely see this song as trying to be that I'll wake up. It's also an incredible name and an incredible song as an album closer.
1: Yes, totally.
0: Like as if you're emerging from like this dreamscape, which is really how this entire album feels with like these heavy synth pads. It's really broad sounds that don't diminish yeah, it's a really good record. Um, It's definitely got some elements of it that are like more like, yeah, EDM, like I've seen them described as bangers, which I think is fair. <laughs> So like I said at the start of this segment, lots of good music released this week and some big names dropped records as well. Andrew, anything among that that stood out for you?
1: Angel Olsen's album, Whole New Mess, came out. She only uh, announced it like a month ago. I think it's really, really excellent, and um, I sort of took it out of the running for myself because I feel like Angel Olsen is a little bit too famous on the... In, in the indie rock world, yeah, her her twenty what seventeen album All Mirrors 2016, 2017, and then My Woman the album after that those two albums got got pretty huge this album I think is really gorgeous and also in some ways goes back to uh, her earlier sound which is a little more stripped down obviously she's she's a consistent voice through all her albums but this has something. That, to me, someone who got into Angel Olsen on the album Burn Your Fire for No Witness, and especially her EP Strange Cacti, which is very stripped down and just sort of like reverby, reverb the fuck out in a bedroom kind of sound. Yeah. This uh, has a lot in common with that, with that sound. So I, I really enjoyed it.
0: Georgia Ann Muldrow released a jazzy record um, under the moniker Gioti. That's J-Y-O-T-I titled mama you can bet georgia ann muldrow is part of the like los angeles collective under the brain feeder label typically so that's um like flying lotus and thundercat right Uh, that's an excellent an excellent record as well very fun very groovy
1: there are two albums out on the uh project by the secretly group which is a group of three labels jag jaguar secretly canadian and as of recently dead oceans and it's like the friends of thing so it's people who aren't signed to the label but are releasing an album on the label. Ryan Hemsworth put out an album called Pout which is really cool featuring album art painted by Francis Quinlan friend of the pod. Yeah. Um and uh the band Triathlon put out uh, an album called Sleep Cycle which was also pretty solid.
0: Um a couple of major records that got released this week. Uh Disclosure has their return. I don't think anything will top their debut record but um it's good. It's good, and it's it's worth a listen. Um, Aluna, formerly of the group Aluna George, um, put out her actual like debut solo record, fairly poppy and EDMy, but quite good. And then on the less well known side, uh, there was a record from Half Gringa titled "Force to Reckon," a solid rock record. Um, and she is awesome on
1: it. There's a really cool ethereal, uh, kind of album from Caitlin Pasco called "Greenhouse." And that was that was really lovely. It's it's kind of depressing in subject matter. It's about sort of the her experience and and the end of an abusive relationship she was in. But it's it's really powerful and um, also really beautiful. And then the last uh, album that I want to mention is from the group Starfucker, uh, who already put out an album this year that was great. Um, but they put out an album called Ambient One, which is pretty self-explanatory about the vibe of this one. <laughs> it's pretty ambient. Although I would say it's a little more foreground than like Brian Eno's Ambient One, but it's a very cool album, electronic, ambient kind of stuff. I very much enjoyed it.
0: That concludes our show for the week. Um, you can listen to a playlist of all of our music that we feature on the show on Spotify. Um, we also have a Twitter that you can follow us at Fresh Pressed Pod. If you see any really cool merch or you're, you're purchasing any music off Bandcamp um, on this coming Friday to support the artists, you can tweet at us. Let us know what you're getting. Let us know if you think there's anything that lives up to Oceanators Pogs.
1: <laughs> and if you're looking for ideas of things to, to buy, go check out that playlist where we have all of our you know new music from, from the past year or so.
0: And then we shall be back next Tuesday, September 8th with more tunes and more grooves. But for now, I'm Gabe. I'm Andrew. And you've been listening to Fresh Press.